0: Hello, welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come, Follow Me. This is series 2, episode 72, and I'm your host, Matthew Roberts. We are going to continue with our Come, Follow Me study for this week today, looking at March 9th 9th to March 15th, covering Jacob chapters 1 to 4, Be Reconciled Unto God Through the Atonement of Christ. And we're going to continue and conclude our study of the section which covers Jacob chapter 2 verse 23 through to chapter 3 verse 12 the Lord delights in chastity I was listening to a podcast by the Book of Mormon Central they have just started uh, publishing these uh, lessons uh, about the Come Me, uh, materials uh, on their podcast stream uh, and there was a really good one uh, about this section and it uh, points out a couple of things from the, throughout the scriptures about the way men and women treat each other uh, so what was it they pointed out was very interesting to me was that the beginning or the genesis of each of our standard works that we have, um, or a lot of the standard works and scriptures that we have uh, in the uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints begin with one man and one wife, and this was the they were making the points as I discussed yesterday that the law of heaven, like the, God's law, is one man, one woman, except in, in except in except exceptions where this is a uh, you know, commanded otherwise to raise up seed. Uh, because we have Adam and Eve at the start of mankind in the Old Testament. We have great patriarchs such as Abraham and uh, Sarah, uh, who obviously are at the beginning of the covenant, as it were. Um, so there's that example there at the beginning of the New Testament. We have Zacharias and, um, oh, the name her name's just gone from my head. And Elizabeth, that's the name. Uh, and of course, we have uh, Joseph and Mary um, in this example uh, at the start of the New Testament. Obviously, there's the story of uh, Isaac and his wife um, in the Old Testament. And then we have at the start of the Book of Mormon, we have Lehi and Zariah. Uh, and even at the start of church history, we have Joseph Smith Sr. and Lucy Mac Smith. You know, all of these examples of righteous parents or righteous, you know, ancestors who are man and wife. Um, But then they go into further detail and say, and when we look at the Book of Mormon, it teaches a pattern that when the women are not treated well, or there is mistreatment going on, that's when uh, issues happen. Uh, For example, in this case with Jacob, he is teaching this and very explicitly about how this needs to stop, otherwise things will get worse. Um, We can look at the example of King Noah, uh, where he commanded, you know, the men of the uh, city to, to flee and leave behind the women and children. And ultimately he was burned uh, for this. Uh, we have the daughters of uh, the Lamanites that were captured by Amulon and the priests of King Noah, 24 daughters they were. And this sparked a huge uh, conflict between the Nephites and the Lamanite people, particularly for the people of Alma. Uh, and then uh, we have the people of Ammonihar, who, of course, um, Burned all those uh, women and children because they refused to to not believe to not believe uh, in the uh, in the savior. Uh, they were burned, and then the people were destroyed by the Lamanites. Uh, and then we have obviously the late Nephites uh, people when they were in, in Mormon's time. They uh, they slaughtered a whole group of Lamanite women and women and children. Uh, and at that stage, you know, the decline begins very rapidly uh, from that point. Uh, till obviously the extinction of the Nephite race or the Nephite people. Uh, and so obviously you know this is a very stark message that we have that this um, the treatment of women and children also uh, is an important aspect uh, for for mankind um, which obviously is a lesson we can learn from that. This uh, this continues in, in the theme continues in Jacob chapter three, where he continues to uh, talk about the pure in heart and and the chastity, which is which the Lord expects. He says in verse one and two, "For behold, I, Jacob, would speak unto you that are pure in heart. Look unto God with firmness of mind, and pray unto Him with exceeding faith, and He will console you in your afflictions, and He will plead your cause, and send down justice upon those who seek your destruction." O all ye that are pure in heart, lift up your heads and receive the pleasing word of God, and feast upon His love, for ye may, if your minds are firm, forever ever. Um, You know, it's this pure in heart that will bring a lot of great blessings. Uh, Gerald N. Lund uh, said this, quote, So how do we open our hearts? In the Sermon of the Mount, the Saviour said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If something is pure, it is not polluted or tainted by things which do not belong to it. Purity of heart is certainly one of the most important qualifications for receiving inspiration from God. While none of our hearts are perfect, the more diligently we strive to emulate, eliminate, eliminate impurity or push out things which do not belong there, the more we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. Close quote. An important message saying that our... To have a pure heart, it doesn't mean that you have a perfect heart, because I think that sometimes a number of us beat ourselves up about this and say, well, you know, I've had this, you know, you know this incorrect thought, you know, a few days ago or so, I can't possibly have the Holy Ghost with me. But as we are striving to remove those things from us, and we are seeking the Spirit more in our lives, that is being pure in heart, to be continually striving to get closer to our Savior and seeing that evidence in our lives, not just striving and always falling back to the same habits, I suppose. Uh, this carries on uh, in verse three. Um, Jacob goes, but woe, woe unto you that are not pure in heart. Um, obviously, you know we know that the word woe indicates a level of seriousness, and he's put in here two woes, which is a, a very sc- stark warning for those that are not pure in heart. Um, because they, he then goes further into ha- this comparison between the Nephite people uh, and the Lamanite people, and how there is a clear contrast in how they treat. Uh, the the women and and children in their lives um yeah in, in verse six Jacob points out that they are that the Lamanites are observing to keep the commandments of having one wife and uh, not committing whoredoms and having concubines and all of these things um and therefore the Lord won't destroy them. And they will receive blessings of the Lord one day, uh, which we see throughout the Book of Mormon. We see various times the Lamanites receiving great blessings as well, which I think goes on quite nicely to what he says in verses eight to nine. Now, again, uh, this relates again to the symbolism of, you know, fair and dark uh, people. In verse nine, it says, Wherefore, a commandment I give unto you, which is the word of God, that you revile no more against them because of the darkness of their skins. Neither shall you revile against them because of their filthiness, but you shall remember your own filthiness, and remember that their filthiness came because of their fathers. Close quote. Well, it's not a quote, it's a scripture. scripture. But um, it's again an important point to make here that this is not uh, focusing on necessarily the color of skins. It's focusing on the symbolism that we have, that when we sin, we are filthy. Uh, we are darkened in our soul. Uh, and so, you know, that is, a, again, the picture that Nephi is trying to uh, Nephi, that Jacob is trying to paint. Uh, and it's important, actually, that at the end, you know, it's talking about dark skins and filthiness. But then actually he points out your filthiness, um you have filthiness right now. Uh, Their filthiness came from from what they've been taught from their fathers, but you have filthiness because of your actions and choices, not because of what you've been taught. Uh, And so this again underlines the fact that actually this is a symbolic darkness and filthiness that's been spoken of here. Uh, President Dallin H. Oaks said this, quote, "'The Book of Mormon promises that all who receive and act upon the Lord's invitation to repent and believe in his son become the covenant people of the Lord,' This is a potent reminder that neither riches nor lineage nor any other privileges of birth should cause us to believe that we are better than one another. Indeed, the Book of Mormon commands, ye shall not esteem one flesh over another, or one man shall not think himself above another. Quote. Uh, which again, kind of underlines that, uh, that principle. Finally, uh, to kind of bring this toward a close, Jacob then just gives a final invitation to the people, similar to the words of his father Lehi. He says, quote, oh, my brethren, I quote, oh, my brethren, hearken unto my words, arouse the faculties of your souls, shake yourselves that you may awake from the slumber of death and lose yourselves from the pains of hell, that ye may not become angels to the devil to be cast into that lake of fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Again, very similar language to what Lehi used to Jacob uh, as, as well as um, his sons, Naaman and Lemuel and their brethren. Uh, Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millett wrote this To arouse the faculties of one's soul is to give heed to the inner voice, the light of Christ, and attend to the proddings of conscience. It is to become aware of one's sinful state, acknowledge one's guilt, repent, and call upon God for deliverance, to prepare for the greater light of the Holy Ghost. To arouse the faculties of one's soul is to listen to and obey the soul's yearnings for the things of the Spirit. And yeah, so basically overall, Jacob invites them at the end. And, you know, the great, the best teachers do invite individuals to act after they have taught and testified. Um, And so they he um, invites them to arouse their faculties, awake themselves from their slumber and shake themselves from the pains of death and hell. Similar to how Lehi did. And so, you know, it's fitting that he also shares this too. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the study today. Please share what you've been studying at Roberts 90 on Twitter, or you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. There is also the Facebook group that you can join in on. Uh, just search Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me um, and you will find it. I'd love to hear what you've been studying and, sh- and hear your thoughts as well. Thank you all for listening and until we meet again.